it's wonderful to help the people, but like you will know that you're doing the right thing when you start to transform and that changes who you are and who you're becoming. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode with Allie Brown. Now, if you recognize the name, it's probably because of one of two reasons. Either you already know her from all of the groundbreaking work she does leading women through their businesses, or you've probably seen her on the hit TV show, Secret Millionaire, where people leave their glamorous, successful lives behind for an entire week and they go live on the equivalent of welfare wages in a radically different neighborhood. And at the end of the show, they give $100,000 of their own money away to people that they encountered that they realized needed help. And nothing fits the ethos of this show more than something like that. You know, Allie is also the founder and CEO of the women's business empowerment company called We Lead and is one of the most recognized entrepreneurial coaches in the world, having built a coaching and consulting enterprise that literally ranked in the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing private companies in the US. Her specialty, like I said earlier, is helping lead women entrepreneurs through generating seven and eight figure businesses. And quite honestly, you're going to love listening in on our conversation about what to do if you are just now pivoting whether you're pivoting in your business that you've already had, or if you're just getting started transitioning from a job into becoming an entrepreneur. We talk about what mistakes to avoid and what opportunities to spot in a recession as we all head through this challenging economy together. And why right now, for women in particular, it's one of the best times for women to be business owners. And best of all, anyway, this is my favorite part, you're going to love to hear our discussion about generosity. And in particular, what Allie learned from being on Secret Millionaire, how it changed her life, and even some of the awards that she has won for philanthropy. So listen, this episode is full of gold. I want you to listen up. I want you to get ready. I want you to take notes because here we go. Allie Brown, welcome to the show. It's a privilege. This is great to be here. I've been hearing your name for years. It's great to finally connect. Likewise, I feel the exact same way. I've heard nothing but great things about you and a lot of people talking about the great work that you do. So uh, I think this is long overdue. So I want to start with rapid fire. It's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And if there's something really good that comes up, we can definitely circle back around and, and do a deep dive on. Are you in? Yes. Perfect. So real easy. Where'd you grow up? Monroe, Connecticut. And where do you live now? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Ah, perfect place to be quarantined. Yes, actually. You know, it's 80 degrees and we have a pool and apparently golf is still an essential service under our governor. That's funny. Golf is closed down here. So you guys are lucky. You're fortunate. (laughs) Uh, What's one of your all-time favorite quotes? Oh, you do. You really do this, don't you? Oh, I do. I should have listened to one. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to come back to you on that because I don't have one. That happens a lot, by the way. 
Yeah, I'm just like you know, I don't have a mug with something on it. I don't have. I'm looking, I'm looking around the room. I don't. I don't have anything. This next one will be easier. What's one of your superpowers? Uh, zoning in on the real issue. Mm, God, that's good. Get efficient. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments so far? Making a huge, what I call a sharp right turn in my business, which very few people understood at the time, but I knew it was right for me. I think a lot of people are doing that right now. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you're challenged by at the moment? Mm, um, everyone's acting crazy. <laughs> like the media, the world, everything. I think there's... Um, what's driving me crazy right now and I'm very challenged by is no one's questioning anything happening around them. Yeah, it's crazy out there. It really is. Like the world's been turned upside down on its head and everyone's just like, kind of, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll just yeah. comply. Two more. Yeah. Here. What's something generous you've done recently? Mm, let's see. Keep my team on board. Um, just kidding. Team, if you're no, listening. No, that's huge. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, you, that is not to be discounted. And we made a, the same commitment to our team. And I feel like it's one of the greatest acts of generosity that you can do in a time of uncertainty like this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I was kind of a little tongue in cheek, but it's true. That, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's the most generous thing I've, I've ever done, but it's, um, it's a time where you really have to be looking around like who you're affecting directly and don't take that for granted. Oh, I totally agree. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Mm, that we're, you know, we're all above ground. It's a good day. And if, if, my, if my worst day here in Scottsdale is that I, you know, can't get to my favorite hairdresser, then it's, it's still a great day, even in the middle of all this craziness. <laughs> totally agree. Okay, Ali, I want to actually bring you back to a very pivotal moment in your life. And that was, you had just transitioned from having a job into wanting to be an entrepreneur. And the reason I want to go here, by the way, is I believe a lot of people they're being forced to make this transition right now as well while jobs are being slashed by the millions each week. Mm-hmm. And I know this was a difficult time for you. And there was one particular moment where you wanted to go out for the evening and you went to the ATM and you couldn't even get a single $20 bill, right? Because you had put mm-hmm. everything that you had into trying to figure this whole thing called business out. So can you take us back to that moment? How were you feeling right then and there? I remember... First feeling like a total loser. I mean, because that's what, you know, when you can't take out a $20 bill at the time and and realizing like that there there may be an ATM in the neighborhood though that still gave out $10 bills that crossed my mind, <laughs> which which is sad when you know probably which one it is. And then I'm like, you know what? We should probably just call it a night. I remember that it's so funny, Chris, because I still, I don't remember wanting to stop. I, I still, I still felt like, yes, everything is saying, you know, stop, give up. I remember actually thinking, this is when everyone else stops. And this is a defining moment, whether I just decide to go to the little bodega and get my, you know, get something for dinner that I could poke around and figure out or, um, or go back. And I just, it was this place where I've, I've always been this way. Like I am, I am, once I've made a decision, I, I usually don't go back. And maybe it's pride. Maybe it's, I didn't want people to see me go back and change my mind, but I just said, you know what? If I can just take one day at a time and figure this out, I think I'm going to be happy. Mm, I love that. So there's a lot of people right now facing that same moment, only their version of it. Talk to those individuals. What's the very first step they should be doing if they feel like here I am trying to build a business and I'm building from a place of zero or below zero? Yeah, you really do need to take it, have the vision, have the plan, but I mean, you've got to take it day by day right now. 
And um, the most important thing, when you put everything else aside right now, you've got to remember that this is only one chapter in the book and you are writing it. You are the character. The circumstances are what they are. And you have a power in this moment, though, to set your mind to what you want to do and create it. It may look different than you thought it would. It may be crappy for a while. You know, I love the saying in the, in the middle of a surgery, it looks like a murder, which is, I think, like some of our businesses, you know, we had these plans and, and, you know, I just launched an organization at the end of last year based on live events. Awesome. Right. Uh, Yeah. The whole thing just shifted, but man, we, you know, we made changes quickly. And so this is a wake up call for all of you who are like very non-adaptable. It's going to be a hard time. I was always very adaptable. The, the clients I work with and people I see who are non-adaptable are having trouble. So here are a few things. Number one, you got to start your day by turning off the freaking news. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wake up and, and turn off the voice. Most of you are letting more voices inside your head that are beyond your control than, than listening to yourself and listening to important people around you and grounding voices and people who know what they're talking about. So start in that place of possibility. I don't know about you right now, Chris, but like I'll wake up and you know, you wake up in that first split second, like you haven't really thought much about the day. And then that feeling washes over you right now of that negativity. Like suddenly you're like, oh wait, not life's not normal and things are changing. And you have to work right now more than ever in getting yourself into that place before you do anything, before you put a foot on the floor. Start there. It's going to be increasingly important. I mean, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give right now where you have to start. Because if you make decisions from any other place right now, you could be in trouble. I couldn't agree with you more. You're almost controlling what color lenses you're going to start seeing the day through. Now, I wake my wife up to a mantra. I literally roll over and I say, babe, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. And I make her say it back Are to me. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And it's like this love-hate thing because uh. you know, picture being groggy and being woken up to this. <laughs> And your husband's saying, no, say it back to me. Say it back to me. And so it's, she kind of loves and hates me for it. It's like, but bring me coffee. Exactly, then I'll say it back to you. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. And so here's the thing though. It starts to direct our mind in the right direction. Do you have any uh-huh. tips or anything that works for you? Because you mentioned before your feet hit the ground. For the- Well, you know what's funny? I just made fun of you for doing, but I do it, but like not, not when you first wake up. And like, don't say it to me when I first wake up. But what's funny <laughs> is um, I... I wake up and say to myself, I am um, actually, I turn it into we because I'll tell you, having children right now in the middle of this just adds ultimate pressure on how you feel mm-hmm. and the decisions you're making and, and watch, watching them watch you and how you're responding to things. And so it is, we are happy, we are healthy, we are safe, and we have everything we need. Mm, I love because that. Because if I go into lack minded, my life sp- spirals out of control. Do you battle with being uh, having a scarcity mindset at all, or does it come easy for you to be abundant? I'd say I'm generally a glass half full person, but I really I come from a long line of warriors, a uh, long line of Xanax prescriptions in the family, <laughs> and uh, which still comes in handy occasionally. Don't get me wrong, you know I, <laughs> I beg my mom for one, and it is something I absolutely have to manage and have to stay in a place, maybe more so than others that. Um, I am in that place of power over panic and, and peace over panic. And to some of you listening, this may just sound like la-di-da and, and you know, we can make fun of this stuff, but I'm telling you, it is going to be not just a luxury anymore. This is going to be a necessity for survival. 
with what's happening and probably what's going to continue to happen. Speaking of what's happening right now, you know, as we record this, we are in the midst of this crazy crisis economy, as I've been calling it. And I noticed that you have a brand new live show that's focused on strategies that people can use while we navigate this crisis economy. So Mm -hmm. what is one of the most important strategies other than how you start your day that they should be using as we face this crazy time? It's really important that if you have a current business, don't pivot into something that doesn't make sense. And um, if you need to do that, it means you're probably your first business wasn't as stable as you wanted it to be, or maybe isn't the right business. So it's a balance right now of having a long-term vision, getting very clear on your mission and what you stand for. And if you do need to make some changes and adapt, do that. But I see people going all over the map and making some decisions or you know selling some things that don't make sense for their positioning or their brand or how they're you know aligning themselves. So the re- one of the reasons that I wanted to start working exclusively with the entrepreneurs making seven and eight figures is they are by then typically so grounded and, and clear on what they want to accomplish, what their mission is, what their values are. And that's when we get super zoned in. Okay, you know, what is pedal to the metal, the path now for you for that next level? Where does this go? At the lower levels, this is where it's going to be a little rough for a ride because you are getting clear on that information. You're probably trying a lot of stuff on. Maybe you were. I mean, for you know, the early stages of my business, um, you know, which is really in my 30s, I tried a lot of stuff and and it was all awesome. But it was a little confusing too because I got. I'd say, and here's the great news for those of you as you get older, I'm telling you, your 40s are amazing. Um, you know, I'm in my late 40s now and the confidence and clarity I have, and also having been through a recession previously um, and weathering the storm, I'm all the much wiser. For those of you who've just gotten started the last few years, this probably is going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a tricky time. But look at your alternatives. Going back to a job, I think, you know, it's going to be possible, but not, really reliable. It never was. This is a wake-up call to just what reality is. You getting clear on how you can add value to other people is the best bet for you to make a bank on the future. Wow. I absolutely love that advice. You know, you and I both went through the 2008-2009 crisis. Uh, we're both- Did I see you were a mortgage broker? Yeah. I owned a mortgage bank back then. Imagine you, that. Okay. I went from banking to owning a mortgage bank. And that was a crazy time to be doing that. Yeah, I noticed that in your LinkedIn profile. I'm like, whoa. Yes, it was nuts. <laughs> so talk about like that navigating a, you know, a banking recession from behind the scenes. It was, it was a wild uh, trip, yeah. but I wouldn't trade it for anything because I learned so much. And Lori and I were dead broke, by the, by the way, when we went through that because we made all the wrong money moves. And so um, having gone through one from a place of broke and coming out the other side from a place of doing really well, I learned what to do and what not to do. So I'm curious, can you share like one lesson of what to do and one mistake that people commonly make in a recession that they shouldn't do? Hmm. What you should do is double down on the clients and customers and relationships that you have. Yes. I think the biggest mistake you can do right now is pivot your market. It's incredibly important that you show your clients and customers that you are there how you can serve them, and then ideally, maybe create something new for them because the loyalty and trust is already there. 
One of the big mistakes I see right now is I've, I'm even seeing people pivot markets because, and, and you can see that's coming through more of the greed lens, you know, when they, they're doing that and they're looking for fresh wallets or people who may be a little greener mm-hmm. than others, especially in the business coaching space. I know that you're well aware of this space as well and the, the, the vastly dramatic range of people that are offering services and, you know, online stuff and all this. And if you jump around markets too much, I think it's going to really hurt you in the end because it's 10 times easier and more stable to keep offering something to your current market, if that makes sense. I mean, ideally. So, you know, the whole conversation right now that we've been talking about on the show, on, um, on, um, as well as on my podcast, Glambition Radio, is on like where to double down, where to play it safe. Play it safe, there's some obvious options like, you know, expenses, for example. Team, it's actually a great time to let go of team that is not pulling their weight because it's it's kind of going to make sense. They're not going to be surprised or blindsided, right? Not great timing for them. But mm-hmm. for example, I have a client. Sometimes I'll have a client. We'll talk to you again and again in every conversation. It's like, and then there's Sherry on the team and Sherry, you know, every call is about Sherry. Finally, I'm like, I don't want to hear about Sherry again until you fire Sherry. And, you know, I'm making up the name, obviously. There's a <laughs> Sherry listening who just got fired thinking it's your fault. But, but what... um. What you should realize is like, you know, what's funny is we get on the phone finally and I'm like, you know what? It's a great time to let Sherry go. She's like, yeah. (laughs) You you got an excuse now. You can blame it on something else. It makes the conversation easier. My client, um, Tanya Dalton, who I interviewed this morning said, you know what? Sometimes you don't know until the ship's sinking, you don't know what to throw off of it. That's the dead weight. Yeah, and so man, true. it's just a it's a great time to clean house. And for many women, especially I work with, they get very close with their team. And these are some of the hardest decisions they have to make. I mean, it can go on for months deciding how long do you keep working with this person? What do you keep tolerating before you finally make the changes and say, you know what, this isn't serving me. This hasn't been serving my clients. It's not serving the company. You know, you've got to go. And often that person's going to go find what, what they really need to be doing anyway. So team's been a big topic behind the scenes. Wow. I absolutely love this advice. And I love how you painted the timing of that, the opportunity of that. How can we tap into this weekly live show, by the way? So I just launched it the day we're recording this. Um, so I'm doing this every Monday and Thursday live on my Facebook page, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you just go to AllieBrown.com and go to any of those platforms, you'll see... Uh, we're doing it every Monday and Thursday at noon Eastern. Awesome. And this it's is, called We Lead. This is such a great time to like over-serve and to just put yourself out there in a way that people have access to you, whether it's learning from you, asking you Q&A, any of those things. And, and I see you doing that. So I love it. Yeah. It's a great time to try new media too. So you know, I've been doing my podcast since... Um, I don't know how long you've been doing yours, Chris. A few years, right? Yep. Three years. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I started mine about four years ago. And, and it's a real passion project. And I love the conversations because you can go really deep. But I knew there was a whole um, audience of people who were my perfect market. I wouldn't have to change what I'm doing, but it's just bringing the conversation elsewhere. It's getting more people to hear the conversations. And so if you have something to offer... It's a great time to test new platforms. It's a great time to also even advertise and market because the competition is less. You know, I'm hearing that ad prices are dropping, mm-hmm. that people are getting better conversion when it's working. And so there's an upside to all this as well, that if you have really good stuff, you're going to shine because I, I do feel a lot of the fluff and the fake influencer crap is going to start fading away, hopefully falling yes. off the map. Yes. They're going to be shaking themselves out because you can't sustain that stuff in a... A situation yeah. like the the crisis economy that we're facing. 
Yeah, and then go work for DoorDash. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Influencer all of a sudden delivering your DoorDash? <laughs> like, please go. Yeah, there, there's other ways to serve right now or Amazon or, you know, they, there are some companies hiring. Don't forget that, you know. Let me ask you this. Uh, I feel like a recession is a great time to build a business and that might sound crazy, but it's one of the cheapest times that you can build the pieces that you need, right? Uh, get, build your website for cheaper. You can maybe get your storefront for cheaper. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of things. You just mentioned advertising. It is legit cheaper right now. Facebook ads, Google ads. So um, why should people, in your opinion, lean into this recession and go full speed uh, if they feel calling to do so? Oh, you have no choice. You, you really have no choice. And Yes, I know money could be an excuse, but you just pointed out something really brilliant is that there's deals to be had everywhere. Mm-hmm. Last recession, really interesting fact, about 25%, I think, of the women-owned businesses were started right after that decision. I mean, recession. I mean, it was a huge boost. I'll have to look it up. But there was a big boom in women's entrepreneurship. And I'm, I think you're going to see more coming out as well. But really, um, when you look at the pluses, okay, there's a lot of people right now we do still have some income coming in, but a lot of us now have a three-month break on the mortgage, three months, you know, a lot of, uh, of uh, credit cards and expenses can be put on hold if possible. Like if you have a good idea right now, definitely at least just start implementing phase one. I mean, because the problem is like every time this happens, work never looks the same after this. So if you are going into this from a job, you, yes, like I said, you could make plans to look for work again, but there's going to be more freelancing, more contractor opportunities, and more businesses started than before. Mm, I totally, totally agree with you. You know, you mentioned women entrepreneurs when you're giving that answer, and I know that's who you primarily work with, and you really focused on women entrepreneurs. Why is this such an important segment to you? Mm, it, it's interesting because I didn't set out to, you know, that I'm going to work with women entrepreneurs. It it kind of happened. So when I got into the whole online scene, which was 2002, by the way, you know, that's when I had my first ebook for sale and true started. Original. Yes. <laughs> taught teleseminars on bridge lines that had no mute functions. Oh so you would gosh. hear people, you'd hear people washing dishes, flushing. It was oh great. But what an exciting time. I mean, you could send out emails and make a hundred grand. Like it was, it was like nothing I ever I will ever experience again, likely. It was just this gold rush and being on the forefront of that. And 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 it was it was quite exciting. And um what happened though is I mostly was getting women saying, how are you doing this? Can you teach me how to do this? Teach me how to do, you know, the email newsletters and the online info products. And this is when I was really into that stuff. And I'm like, absolutely. And here I knew I knew how to HTML code. I just figured it all out. There weren't templates for this stuff. There was no social media. And sometimes, you know what? I have to say, I miss those days because I learned to go knock on doors. I walked in ad agencies, front doors with my portfolio and said, I can do freelance copywriting. You know, I, I was trying to like earn the cash while I was learning the other stuff. It was an exciting time. But the women started following and they wouldn't go away. I wasn't trying to make them go away, but they just kept coming more and more. And finally, I realized I loved working with them. And why? Because business is so personal to us. It's so ingrained and brings us so much meaning and we bring meaning to it. And then now what you're seeing is the the playing field is leveling for women entrepreneurs versus the men because what changed everything, I want you all to take this in, for the first time in recorded history now, I mean, with the technology that we have, women now can run the businesses and raise families because the family was the big interrupter. 
for most women and their careers in traditional workplace. I think you're going to see even more women now, now that they're working at home and weren't before, see how this can work together. And that's the exciting thing. Where it gets in the way sometimes with the women is it is so personal. And so often I will in the coaching, sometimes realize that something is getting too personal or intertwined. And so we have to separate that and look at things compartmentalized, which naturally men do. They're pretty easy at saying, okay, this goes in this column, this goes over here. This wasn't my fault. This happened, but it wasn't my fault. You know, I'm not going to take it personally. For the women, we've always been holistic in how we look at things and feel things. And so that's a fascinating part of the coaching to me when I'm working with someone. I love the point that you made that this shift in being able to make money online really made it easier for anybody really, but especially women to both be yeah. a mom and a businesswoman at the same time. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed everything. It, it just changed everything for women. So I know that you're a mom and a businesswoman and a coach and an entrepreneur and all of the things at the same time. How are you making it all happen under one roof as we're kind of on lockdown? Any tips? Yeah. The, the biggest tip I say is there's no one right way to do this. And it's interesting how um, I think people come into these situations and they think, well, this is that I'm supposed to do this now, or I'm supposed to do that, or I'm supposed to work here with the baby sitting on my lap, or you know, it, you decide how you work, and and you set that up for you. So I know I need very separate work time from my kids, and I love my kids. My twins are going to be seven in a few weeks. Like it makes me cry. I can't believe it. Aww. What a magical age now, though. I have to tell you, and them being home with this whole homeschool thing has been fascinating because we're actually really enjoying it. And we may even consider doing it in the future because it's just a great age where they they love you. They have great conversations. They're learning all about the world. Um, but man, when I'm on, you know, I'm here in the office, locked up, you know, and I'm full on because I, I think it's important for parents need to remember that if especially if you're going to grow the business, you need some uninterrupted focus time. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to take some negotiating with your partner or hiring some help. Or I know some moms, when I was getting started, they didn't have budget for childcare. So they'd switch with a neighbor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you when you don't have resources, you've got to get resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period of time that we traveled like for a few months at a time with the kids when they were toddlers and worked from the road. And that was great. But now I'm too focused to do that. So we decided that you know we're not doing that anymore for a while because the business is so, so much of a focus right now. So just have fun. Have fun with all this. The success is having choices. And I think that we forget that. And we think things need to look a certain way because that's how we've seen you do it or that's how we see being successful is. And we're that's all blown up now, if you haven't noticed, in the last few weeks. like Everything's been disrupted. Business, education, health, our families, everything. This is an amazing time to write the script for your new model. So I tell people, stop looking outside there and you decide now, what do you want this to look like? What do you want to make? Who do you want to work with? Put together a plan and start to make that happen. So amazing. Okay. So what's a lesson that'll stick with you? I love how you said this is a chance to rewrite the script. What is one part of your script that's going to change going forward? Oh, for me. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, what's interesting is I I thought I had to spend more time away from the family to get done what I wanted to do. And I won't say the last few weeks have been a piece of cake, but it's much more manageable than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And and that's um, exciting to me. So, you know, this last year, 
we had a lot of help with the kids. We, um, Brett and I both were buckled down, focused on our businesses as much as we could. And now we're going to blow it up again. And I think, you know, like I said, we haven't been traveling as much, but like, man, as soon as they give that green light, I think we're going to pack up the old Land Rover and just leave. Just hit the road. <laughs> and work from the road this summer. Yeah, because it's, um, you know, we just have those little glimpses, like maybe, maybe we can do this again. You know, maybe we, maybe we were kind of locked into our own new pattern. And, uh, so funny that you say that because Lori and I have been motorhome shopping every night, kind of saying the same oh, thing. Oh my like, God. Listen, if this summer is going to be some kind of weird hybrid opening of like, you can kind of go to a restaurant, you can kind of not. Yeah. Like, let's just get a motorhome and like hit just the road. Just drive away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can work from anywhere now. Look out though for one click ordering. Because honestly, I was on this homeschool kick and you know, we're in bed at night. I'm on my iPad and we're probably like a bottle in at this point too, to be frank. <laughs> Um, you know, and we're we're shopping around, and we're I'm looking at homeschool farm kits and stuff. And Brett's like, "You need to stop." <laughs> He's like, "You almost ordered baby chickens and like a chicken coop, and like it's it's it's." But yeah, see, get excited about the next chapter right now. That's oh. what you need to do. And and so you know, we sit there and dream of travel again. We look at give yourself something to look forward to. I love that. So something that you, Lori and I, uh, Lori's my wife, obviously, that's why I keep referencing her. Uh, something that we share in common is I know that you're an angel investor for women-led businesses. And we do a lot of investing in, it doesn't have to be a, a woman-led business, but in quite a few startups as well. So my question for you is, what do you specifically look for in a woman and in her business if you're going to invest in it? The one challenge I see a lot of women getting into is that they're um, they're building a business they may think is scalable, but it is not as much as they think it can be. So either it's heavily relied to their personal brand, because I get pitched a lot on those types of things, mm-hmm. or it's something that could change any second with the with the economy. With um, you know, not to say that everything couldn't change in a few weeks like it has, but it's that real important scalability factor. Systems, brand. There's a few things that you're looking for for something to take off like that. The you know the one or two times I've said I've say excuse me, one or two times I would say that I've been in deals that that went south are when the, you know, it just wasn't as scalable as they thought. Like they got into it and it was not as easy as they had thought it would. And so, you know, just as you learn a lot from building your own business, you learn a lot from the deals that you're privy to behind the scenes. And it makes you a smarter business person. It makes you a better coach as well, an advisor to the clients that you work with. Wow, I would totally agree. So we talk quite a bit about giving on this show. And so I want to change directions just a little bit. Uh, your philanthropy efforts have won some serious awards. I just want to, first of all, say congratulations. Like This is my ethos. This is what lights me up. And you've done it as good as anybody. You've won the Stevie Award for uh, Women Helping Women. And if people don't know, the Stevies are like the Oscars for business, right? So you won a Stevie Award for uh, Women Helping Women. You've won uh, the Commitment to Philanthropy Award from the Step Up Women's Network. Uh, and you were even mm-hmm. on TV giving away 100 grand on Secret Millionaire, which is one of the coolest shows ever. So why is yeah. this so important to you, this philanthropic side of you? You know, I have to admit that it it really wasn't until that show. And if I could talk about that for a minute, it Please, was really yes. interesting. So so I was in the middle of like like the business was at its peak, like we were Inc. 500. I was getting invited to the Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year awards. Like, like it, it was just like 
we were, and it was just like, ho hum, another award. Honestly, it was almost at that point. Like there was so much happening at once that it was kind of all this blur and I was grateful for it, but it was, it was becoming a little crazy. Like the company was big. We had just thousands of people in our programs. We had, I had a team of probably 20 people. And, and this is where it sounds so damn cliche to say, but I was getting a little bored. I was a little boxed in and I was feeling like this thing I had created, even though it was helping a lot of people. Um, I mean, we were hearing from people every day and there's testimonials to this day, how much their lives were changed. I personally was creatively starved and I was looking for just something different and not sure what it was and, and feeling like, you know, am I supposed to be traveling or doing something different or do I start a foundation? You know, I just kept thinking, what are you supposed to do at this stage? I didn't even know what I felt. Mm-hmm. And then we get this invitation from... Uh, I remember there was this girl in our team who was sweet, but not too bright. And so ABC called and and she just put it like in this list, like to go over on the team call instead of letting me know. <laughs> no big deal. Just ABC It was call. literally like... It was, and it was before Zoom. So you're on this big conference line. It's like, we're going through the list, like blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, and ABC called about a program. I'm like, what? What? And um, so I, we called the producer back. And she explains the show. And I had not heard of it before. So I had to go check it out. Um, but I said, listen, I'm, I'm, once I did, I said, I kind of understand, but I need to know more. And she said, well, we, we basically take you out of your successful environment. We put you in some kind of hard situations, you know, emotionally and, and you know, physically, you're living on welfare for the week in, in an you know, undesirable area. And at the end of the week, you give away $100,000. And Chris, to be frank, my first question was, who's $100,000, you know? I, mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people have that work? question. Is it your money you give away for well, the show? Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm finally starting to bank it. And what is this? And who are these people? And so she said, listen, I'm going to send you a reel of all the shows you watch. And then you let me know. And I watched the show. I did a lot of research. And I just kept thinking, you know what? This would be good for me. I think this would be good for me. And... That show, you can still watch it. It's on Amazon and it's on Hulu. You can, on that episode, you will see me transform. Wow. You will see, you know, you will see me affected in um, ways, in ways that you will be visible, but there's ways that wasn't visible, that weren't visible as well. And I remember I knew my life had to change because we we're about halfway through the week. And keep in mind, I'm living on welfare wages and I'm like hanging out with the homeless in Venice Beach, coming California. From, coming from yeah. a bougie lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my, they got a jag then. Like I just, you know, at the beach house and you'll see the whole thing. It was, it was like, you'll, you'll just see. It was very cliche in the end. Um, but I didn't want to come back. Wow. I remember it was the Wednesday of filming, waking up and I was so excited that I had all this time to think and be and have real conversations and not be on like 10 hours of team calls and the launch of the day. I mean, I, I it was that enjoyable. And so wow. what you will see at the end is me, they, they filmed me riding the bicycle, going up to my front door and shouting it. What you do not see is me falling on the freaking floor and sobbing and looking up and saying, God, I'm ready. Oh. I want you to just use me. Um, I, I'm, I'm obviously here for something. I do not want on my epitaph for it to say online influencer. I, I am ready for whatever the thing is. And... um. So little by little, historically, if like my followers saw this, I dismantled the entire company. I started closing things down. 
I would say, you know what, this doesn't please me. Not interested in that. Okay, this this works. Let's keep this. This is helping a lot of folks. We'll keep this thing, but shut this thing down. Just piece by piece, week by week, leaning out the team, leaning out people, leaning out programs. We had a program for you and your dog. I had a hundred grand mastermind, and then I had a ten ten dollar a month CD. Yep. Like we're, we were the trying whole range. to serve. Oh, there's a whole other show we could do on positioning and how that uh, did not serve me in the end. People weren't sure what I was for. Yeah. You know, the whole positioning and clarity. And um, dismantle before you rebuild. And and I mean, this is where you it's a fake walk, a faith walk, man. Like you, wow. you have to, I because I did not see the next chapter. Um, but I'll give you the shortcut version, you know, several years into it. Um, no coincidence, I'm sure I finally met Brett got pregnant with twins within a few months of meeting him, a bit cart before the horse, but I didn't know I was fertile myrtle. But ladies in your 40s, be careful because um, you could double your productivity, apparently. And, um, and, and my life just fell into this beautiful place where I suddenly was so clear in what I wanted and what I was not interested in. And, um, and that's why I said, you know what? I'm going to choose just to work with these women who are doing the seven, eight figures because that's my sweet spot. Like That's mm-hmm. my thing. I can help a lot of people and still do. I still uh, coach some people outside of that. But really, that is my zone. And I'm rebuilding. I have been rebuilding from there. And, um, and so the philanthropy part of it to me, you know, the helping people was amazing. But how it transforms you is the extraordinary part of the process for me. So whenever I get involved in that, it's wonderful to help the people, but like you will know that you're doing the right thing when you start to transform and that wow. changes who you are and who you're becoming. I love that story. I mean, there's really two things in that story that stood out to me. One, when you finally take space, you can see things for what they really are. And two, boy, giving and like just being involved with generosity, it'll, it'll get you every time. It'll give you that new purpose of actually, why am I here? Yeah. Yeah, and you got to find your thing too. You know, I see um, a lot of people sometimes jump on the same bandwagons and and, and programs, and they all get in together, and, and that's great. But like, you just make sure everyone listening, you got to find the thing that lights you up. Mm-hmm. You know, not the thing that people say, "Oh, you should get involved with this organization or that." If it doesn't light you up, like if it lights you up, do it. And um, that's just always been. It, it's been something that's been very special to me ever since. And and I will say I do it a lot more privately now. Um, than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a very private person. So that was a lot for me to just sign my n- name away on national television. You, you don't know how they're going to edit you. Yeah. You don't know how you're going to be presented. Um, but in the end, it was a fantastic experience. Quick question. Um, you get to divvy up the 100 grand however you want at the end of the show, right? Yes. So the, the only alert, thing how'd you um, give it out? Oh, okay. Mostly to... The organization that I was called, it was called Harvest Home, and there they were in uh, Venice. And where you guys are in LA, right? Yep, Santa Monica, yeah. not too far from Venice. Okay, yeah, yeah. So there's this beautiful little cottage in Venice, like on one of the back streets, that um, you go into. It's a beautiful little yard. You'll see it on the show. You open the front door, and there are like eight women and their babies there. And this place was um, a home to help. Mothers who were hard off get a good start with their babies. They had to live there. They had to... Um, I love how they learned life skills while they were there. It was not a handout. It was a hand up. They, were, they had to be up at 7 a.m. and have their beds made and be at trainings for themselves and their children. And I was just blown away with how it was run and how well it was run. 
And um, it was the kind of charity that I like to see where it's um, they're really helping people walk out the door a different person and with the skills they need to take care of themselves. That is absolutely cool. Congratulations on, on being able to give in that way. That's such a, a life-changing event. Two more questions for you. I want to respect your time. Uh, where do you think the most important place people could point their generosity during a time like this is right now? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. I feel like people get mad if you have the wrong answer for them. You know, it's a good question though. Maybe just you know, I just more like be aware, like be on the lookout for it, right? Yeah, be be aware, and then also though, I think people, you know, all the government loans and all the stuff going on is great, but it seems so everyone's just focused on the handouts. Yep. And and you know, it's a nice bridge and your segue here. But like what I was talking about, like the 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 home for the women, you know, we're lucky in this country to have the opportunities we have, and there are opportunities right in front of you right now. So if you see somewhere that you can give, if someone needs a, I mean, they've hit rock bottom, they need a hand up, that's great. But if there are ways to help them learn how to take care of themselves or learn more about starting their own business or keeping that business going. In some way, you know, crowdfunding someone who needs to keep their shop open, helping someone, you know, refer clients to them if you know they need it. I think that helping each other out, especially in a small business space, you're helping keeping someone's dream alive, you're helping them feed their family, and you're helping them keep the economy going at the same time. I, I think it's a triple win. Wow, I love that. Great answer. Okay, before I ask you the last question, where can we find you? Where can we tune in your show? Where can we get all the things? AllieBrown.com is your road to everywhere. Uh, Glambition Radio is the podcast. We do have men listening. I think you'll like it, guys. Uh, it's a fun name, but we get really deep, really great conversations like the one you're having me have here today with Chris. And um, you know, I'm I'm on social, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, just the usual places. It's we'll, we'll be sure to put links, but it's Allie Brown with one L. Correct. All right. A L I. Perfect. All right. Last question. Um, you seem like you are very determined and, and very unapologetic about what you offer in the world and where you're going. And, and I love that. So give us a reason why people should be more unapologetic about their pursuit of success. Hmm. I mean, again, it's kind of like, well, what else would you do? I don't know what else you would do right now. It's in your DNA. You know no other way. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. I'm just... um. Yeah, here's something to keep in mind too. You know, we talk about success, like, and I think during good times, we see success as having all the luxuries and being able to travel and everyone taking their picture in front of their jets and like, like all this stuff. You know what money is now in success? Money now is good healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's organic foods. It's education for your kids. And so I think this whole, I think in years past, and maybe it came from the old model and the, the way business was set up there... This is all meshed in now. Your money is going to determine your quality of life going forward. It, oh, yeah. These aren't luxury things we're talking about. You know, I grew up, I thought being rich was like, oh, you get to have fur coats and diamonds and what you saw in the cartoons, <laughs> right? We saw in the cartoons. You and I like, grew up with the same versions of, of what it yeah, might look like. like that's what you the saw. The 80s version, right? Yeah. And, and what you all need to get into your heads that you're going to need more money now than before. Money gives you choices. And so, for example, you know, when all this stuff started to happen, you know, Brett's from Australia, my husband, he's from Sydney. And um, we've been talking about this for years. The kids could be dual citizens. We literally could live between countries. And I said, you know what? In this weird and wacky world, that's not a bad option to have. Mm-hmm. If things get weird here, we can go there. If things get weird there, we can move here. Unfortunately, things right now are weird here and there. 
everywhere. <laughs> we need another passport. But really, it's it's opportunities, it's options. Like that's what money buys you. So you're going to have to reset your mind that that success isn't this outside thing you go for. You know, you have to to it's it's going to just become the necessity. I love that. What a great answer. Every single answer you had added so much value today. I can't thank you enough, Allie, for taking the time to be on the show. This was great, Chris. Thank you. Totally my pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.